1: Bold from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd and this is The Daily Download. Today, HousingWire's HW Plus Managing Editor Brennan Nath discusses whether or not COVID-19 will derail the U.S. housing market. I'll also touch on Michigan's resilient housing system, a HUD-OIG report that states some of the nation's largest mortgage servicers are providing borrowers with inadequate information about forbearance, and Wells Fargo's announcement that they will no longer accept applications for new HELOCs. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and here's and Ath on whether or not COVID-19 will derail the housing market.
0: Welcome to the end of the week. And to begin today's podcast, we're covering a Pulse piece by Rick Sharga, who is the founder of C.J. Patrick Company. In his blog, he shares some key takeaways from past pandemics to help answer the question on whether or not COVID-19 will derail the housing market. While the COVID-19 pandemic and the government's dramatic actions to minimize its spread are unprecedented, the housing market has proven itself to be very resilient through prior pandemics and economic shocks. Using data from First American Data Tree, Sharga looked at how the housing market fared during the last two pandemic periods, SARS and the swine flu, and the terrorist attacks on September 11th. Even though none of these events look exactly like the COVID-19 pandemic, they shed some light on some helpful information. Here are some of the key takeaways that he highlights. For example, the SARS pandemic ran from February through July of 2003. Unlike COVID-19, SARS was not widespread in the United States. SARS had virtually no effect on U.S. home sales, which actually rose on a year-over-year basis during the pandemic and through the end of 2004. Meanwhile, the swine flu, H1N1, had a much more dramatic impact on the United States, infecting over 61 million Americans, resulting in 273,000 hospitalizations and nearly 12,500 deaths during its pandemic period, which ran from June 2009 through June 2010. But it is difficult to ascertain exactly how heavily the swine flu impacted the housing market since this period was also during the dark days of the Great Recession. Sharga did note that neither of these prior pandemics had the kind of economic impact that COVID-19 has caused, and instead, the best recent proxy probably available isn't a pandemic at all, but the terrorist attacks on September 11th. Like COVID-19, the terrorist attacks on September 11th and subsequent challenges, such as the anthrax scare, brought the country to a virtual standstill and exacted an enormous financial and psychological toll on the entire country. After the attacks, home sales dipped in September slightly more than the usual seasonal dip following the attacks, but by October 2001, sales had rebounded and continued a stretch that saw monthly sales increase on a year over year basis for 20 of the 21 months between March 2001 and December 2002. Home prices also held up, increasing on a year over year basis every month during 2001 and 2002. The challenge is that none of these examples presented exactly the same set of healthcare and economic challenges that COVID 19 does. However, it is important to note that before the virus became a factor, the housing market was strong. History suggests that the housing market is likely to fare better through pandemics and recover more quickly than the overall economy or stock markets. But as Sharga explains it, ultimately the fate of home sales and prices will be determined by how successful the country is at combating the COVID-19 virus, and how many jobs are saved and foreclosures prevented by the economic stimulus programs deployed. And for the rest of today's podcast, here's Alcina Lloyd.
1: Thank you for listening, and I'll wrap with today's top stories, beginning with an article that puts a spotlight on the state of Michigan. The article, which is written by Phil Hall, belongs to a new HW Plus series that examines the distinctive challenges faced in state-level housing markets. On April 15th, a Michigan advocacy group called Operation Gridlock staged the first protest against statewide stay-at-home rules. The protest criticized Governor Gretchen Whitmer's executive orders, claiming they were too strict compared to the stay-at-home guidelines and non-essential business definitions enacted in neighboring states. The core of the protest was Whitmer's executive order issued on March 23rd, which decreed that no person or entity shall operate a business or conduct operations that require workers to leave their homes or places of residence except to the extent that those workers are necessary to sustain or protect life or to conduct minimum basic operations. Under this ruling, Whitmer defined the real estate, mortgage, and home construction industries as non-essential businesses. So how can real estate professionals do their job? Well, according to Hall's article, many have found loopholes. Anthony Byrd, owner and senior loan officer at Riverbank Finance in Grand Rapids, says some potential buyers are going on a whim and still placing offers on homes. Once they've been accepted, they're able to see the home with an inspector for the very first time. And while some real estate brokers are unhappy with the arrangement, some have also been able to find loopholes themselves. Lisa Adams, a Detroit-area realtor with real estate in The Points, said while she cannot physically go within a home out of fear of receiving an ethics violation or potentially losing her real estate license, she's been able to work around the problem by having the listing agent enable the buyer to go to the property on their own. Michigan's housing market has many stories like this, and while the pandemic has made it harder for agents and brokers to do their job, Michigan's housing industry is continuing to operate. Maureen Townsend, president of the Southeast Chapter of the Michigan Mortgage Lenders Association, noted that all stakeholders in the home buying process are cooperating with greater intensity. According to her, realtors indicate receiving more individual transaction updates and lenders are reporting much higher usage of technology with their realtor partners. Notably, on April 24th, the governor of Michigan extended Michigan's stay-at-home order to May 15th. And while the state may remain closed, it's safe to say the brokers and agents of Michigan are determined to ensure their housing ecosystem perseveres. Our next story comes from Ben Lane and indicates that some of the largest mortgage servicers in the country are providing borrowers with confusing and at times seemingly contradictory information about forbearance, according to a federal watchdog. In a report on Monday, the Department of Housing and Urban Development's Office of the Inspector General said, without citing the names of the companies, that some servicers of loans backed by the Federal Housing Administration were giving information about forbearance that is incomplete, inconsistent, dated, and unclear. HUD-OIG said it reviewed the websites of the top 30 FHA servicers on April 17th, more than three weeks after the CARES Act was signed into law. These servicers' portfolios account for 90.5% of all FHA loans. The CARES Act stipulates that a borrower whose mortgage is backed by either the government or the GSEs and is experiencing a COVID-19-related hardship can request and must be granted forbearance of up to 180 days. At this point, they may extend for an additional 180 days if necessary. However, according to the watchdog, this information was not clearly marked and readily available on all servicers' websites. In the report, HUD OIG stated that 10 of the servicers did not have information about forbearance readily available on their websites. There were also significant differences in the messaging surrounding how long a borrower's forbearance could last. In fact, only four of the 30 servicers indicated that borrowers were eligible for 180 days of forbearance, with just two of those indicating that borrowers could extend forbearance by an additional 180 days. These problems were just a few the watchdog listed, as another issue spotted on several company websites was the supposed requirement that borrowers would have to pay back all of their mispayments at once, which is not the case. The last story comes from Ben Lane and covers Wells Fargo's announcement that they will no longer accept applications for new HELOCs. Wells Fargo announced Thursday evening that it would no longer accept applications for HELOCs. According to Wells Fargo spokesperson, Tom Goira, the change goes into effect today, May 1st. In a statement, he said Wells Fargo is making the change due to the uncertainty in the economy. According to him, Wells Fargo's home lending will temporarily stop accepting applications for all new home equity lines of credit After April 30, as the decision to temporarily suspend the origination of new HELOCs reflects careful consideration of current market conditions and the uncertainty around timing and scope of anticipated economic recovery. Guayda says, the decision to temporarily suspend the origination of new HELOCs does not directly impact the bank's existing home equity customers, meaning borrowers with existing HELOCs will be able to draw funds on those lines of credit. Notably, Wells Fargo's move comes a few weeks after Chase Bank made a similar change after citing uncertainty as a driver in its HELOC decision.
0: Thanks for listening to The Daily Download today, and we'll be back again Monday to share the top news stories of the day.